Welcome to the I'm Not a Barista podcast. We're here to talk about all things coffee, from industry careers, brewing tips, community support, and more, with some really incredible people who love coffee as much as you do. We hope their stories inspire you, because humanity runs on coffee, and together we can empower all the people behind every cup. First, congratulations. Thank you. That is your first Kickstarter project, right? Yeah, it went pretty well. It's going pretty well. And then you reach your goal in just seven or six hours. Yeah, seven hours. It, it, it went pretty quick. So Yeah, so tell me how you feel about it. Um, I, I, I guess I, I was nervous. I, I, didn't, I thought I'd have to do quite a bit of work uh, in terms of like reaching out and asking people for favors and you know uh, what what happened was i started just sharing it with the people that i had built these relationships with people over in coffee over a few years and um it worked out pretty well i started reaching out to people and just sharing the link with them and these were people that you know a lot of people i had just talked to over the years because i liked their work and uh, I built some relationships with them and, and everybody just reposted my link. They, they just threw it out there. And, you know, obviously on, on Instagram, it's not that big of a deal to repost something for somebody. I mean, in terms of like, it doesn't take you much effort. And um, so the, the feedback's been big. And then I think the other big part where I, uh, I got a lot of backing is um, the, one of the espresso communities, home, home espresso, aficionados on Facebook. I've been active with them for a few years and I regularly post my articles there. So I posted it there too. And, uh, the feedback was huge, you know, a, a lot of, a lot of comments, uh, a lot of discussion and, and, uh, a lot of people supported the project. I have to say it's a big success for your first project in Kickstarter. And then definitely over the years, you have accumulated like a big number of fans, right? Readers who love your articles. So before we jump into detail about your book, um, could you tell us who you are? What do you do? Obviously, my name is Robert McCunaloy. I um, I'm a professional computer vision, machine learning, data scientist guy. I originally got into the field because I fell in love with uh, autonomous robotics and image processing while I was doing my uh, bachelor's and master's in electrical engineering. And then I went on to do a uh, PhD in computer science and engineering at Notre Dame. And I went into biometrics because at the time, computer vision didn't have a lot of funding. So you went wherever the funding was. Um, so uh, I, I ended up doing 3D face recognition back starting in 2007. And uh, so I built a 3D face scanner um, and then I graduated in 2010. I went to work for a company, a startup company in Virginia that was doing long range uh, 3D face scanning. And I worked with them for a few years and did a variety of tasks. And, um, and then after that, I, I came to Apple and I worked on the um, first generation of the watch um, with, I, I did wrist detection. And then after we launched the watch, I uh, helped with background heart rate. Around that time, I found out Face ID was going on at Apple, and so I switched teams to work on Face ID. Um, and I was asked to to do some some work to to help us better understand how 
we would experience face ID on a daily basis. So that started me off on, on building a, a team. And a couple of years ago or two years ago, I started a little prototyping team or I took over a prototyping team. So I, I've been doing a lot of prototyping uh, at Apple. Um, so with respect to like products, I've uh, all the face ID launches I, I've uh, contributed to uh, as well as AR kit. And last year, one of the longer term projects I was working on, um, and I was the sponsor for was uh, people detection, which used the LIDAR and the back camera to help blind people uh, socially distance and, and do some navigation in crowds. So that got launched and, and that's, it's more, you know, it's not a, it, there were some news articles about it, but it's not something that you would regularly see unless you knew blind people. But it was an exciting thing okay. to, to be dipping into to that part of the field. So you have been working in the technology field for many years. And how does that contribute to your book or your coffee journey? So this has contributed because I love data. Uh, I apply data to everything in my life. Uh, and I have for a number of years. So when I started to really get into coffee, I wanted to improve. Sit the couch. Okay, don't sit on the couch. Sit on the counter. It's fine. Uh, so when I got into uh, coffee, I started to um, want, want to improve shots on a, on a machine. I, I had found a Le Pavoni in my mother-in-law's basement, and I was having difficulty with the shots. And I was really having difficulty with the shots because the machine needed a complete overhaul, and I, I hadn't had the time to do it. So I started recording some data to see what parameters I could do to, to get better at it. And then that kind of expanded into to this data sheet that I was using uh, for daily shots. And I wasn't intending on publishing data on it. I, I, it was really intended just for me. And then what happened is I, I bought a crew sifter and that started me down this path of doing these staccato layered shots. Before then, I, I had a couple articles. They they were like about basket hole analysis or um, you know some some highly specialized uh, functions of of what um, what I could do with my skills. And then after so after I, I made the staccato shot, I started getting deeper and deeper into it. You know, I I w wasn't publishing regularly. I was getting to that point where I was. But I decided to get more into some experiments and, and see what I could learn about espresso. And when, when you look out into the field of what's available online, you know, there's some stuff in forums that you can dig through, but it's not easy to find. Like you really have to research in there. Uh, you, you can take some courses, but again, like the courses cost money or they're, they, they're aimed for people that are training to be baristas you know, they're, they're aiming for shot consistency, not necessarily like a, a like a, a, an understanding that goes beyond, um, you know, pulling a good shot on your machine. So I just really started, I, I got into that and then the pandemic happened and it gave me a lot more free time to experiment. And so I would just experiment across everything. I'm still experimenting across, I, I still have experiments going on now because um, I, I don't think I fully understand coffee. 
I, I, I mean, like clearly I understand it a lot. You know, I've done a lot of experiments. I've written a lot about it. I've, I've, I've really worked hard to, to understand coffee, but I, I think because of the, um, the, the knowledge that's out there, I, I think this is still pretty big, wide open that we have still a lot to learn. So, uh, I, you know, I decided to, to, I wanted to start this book at the beginning of the year and then I ended up doing a bunch more work before it. And, and so I'm glad I waited, um, because I, I feel like I, I have a much deeper understanding now. And my hope is that some, this will open up some of the information available on coffee to where somebody can have a deeper understanding than just, you know, how do I pull a good, good shot? Is that, uh, is that like doing a little bit of prep work or is it just buying a more expensive machine? And I'm, I'm not a fan of, um, buying, just buying more expensive machines to, to some, that like that will magically fix it. Um, cause every time I bought a new piece of equipment, it's like, there's like a, a setup period where I'm not getting good shots and it's, it's bothersome. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I've still worked with this spring lever machine all these years, uh, cause it's a solid machine, but, um, I haven't quite, uh, I, I haven't quite made that jump that a lot of people will make where they go, they got one nice espresso machine experience and then they jump to like a more, more expensive setup. Okay. So you're saying that, um, that was a little rambling. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. So you're saying, uh, in order to make a good espresso shot at home and machine, of course, is one of the main factor, but also you need to understand the sign coffee science behind it, right? How to probably make a shot and that there are more knowledge into it. So once you understand and how it works, how espresso works, and then it's easier. You can use your existing machine to make better shots. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, and and this uh, this that experience really solidified for me when I was at my previous company, and we had a Mister Espresso coffee machine, and it made crap espresso, but it was the only thing we had. So we just figured out how to make good espresso from it, and it was hard to to be more consistent. But it's not that it was impossible to make a good shot from it. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of, I, I guess, the espresso machine company is not so happy to hear about it, right? Because um, it's all about the business that they would like you to update your gears every year, if you can. Yeah, <laughs> then... if you can, I suppose. <laughs> I, I mean, I think that's why that's that's why that the question of like is flat burr better than than conical? You know, though no grinder company wants to answer that. Because the answer should be just buy both, you know. Uh, yeah. So I, I I think like every level of machine has its benefits. Um, it's just a question of like, do you absolutely need to upgrade, or do, like do you? Some people don't want to have. They're like, ah, oh, my my setup isn't great, but I don't have money to buy a better setup. You know, I I think there's some in between there where. You know, you could get better coffee before you 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 end up doing that eventual upgrade. Yeah, that's so cool that um, for many people, espresso machine they are really expensive. Actually, if you compare them with a uh, a regular home grinder, right? Uh, uh, espresso machine at home costs like ten times more probably. So it's a big investment. But I, I like just like you said, if you can learn the knowledge behind it, and then you can instantly improve your shot that's just a brilliant idea so could you tell us more about the book what we can learn what we can read in this book 
So the book is split up into four sections. So I talk about like before before you even do the shot. So like coffee, the kind of gear, the equipment. Then I talk about preparing the shot. So uh, what you know, distributing the grinds, tamping, other techniques like doing layered shots. Um, then I go into talking about the shot itself, which you know I talk about pre-infusion, pressure, temperature. Um, and then after the shot, a lot of it, uh, to me that the shot doesn't end after you drink it. If, if you really want to improve your espresso, you have to understand what went well and what didn't go well. So, um, cause if, if you don't, if you, if you taste a shot and you're like, Oh, it's a shot eh, that doesn't help you. But if you look in there and say, okay, I had a bad shot and why, what can I, what can I use? And I, I think. There, there's there's actually quite a bit of evidence you can have even if you don't have a, a, a um, special tools to just look at the bottom of the puck um, or if you have a bottomless porter filter like taking a video and just you can kind of see if, if there's a particular problem area um, so that's that's what, what I end up talking about and then that that's a feedback loop so that informs you on your next shot and hopefully that that this process is uh, improves your shot. Great. So before people can get a hand on the book, is there anything quick and short I can share with the audience today? For example, I read about the special part cicada shot. And what's so special about that? How we can do that at home? So the tricky part with that is you need a sifter. However, if you have some of the higher end grinders, you can you can emulate it with doing three, three grind sizes. But I think that one of the derivatives from that is the, the staccato tamp, which is something I, I started working on uh, right before the pandemic because I, I, had, I had a bunch of coffee that I was making I, that was, had a, was a darker roast. So I was putting it in milk anyways, but I was still making it from my machine. And... I wanted to make sure I got enough grinds in the basket. Sometimes you see these baskets are overfilled. So what I would do is I'd put half the grinds in, I would tamp, and then I'd put the other half in. And I figured out that what that's doing is simulating what's going on with the staccato shot, where you have a bottom layer that's, that's denser. And in staccato, it's denser because you've sifted the coffee and, it, and it's finer grinds. In the, the tamp technique, it's... It's denser because it has a, a stronger tamp. So you put half the grinds in first, tamp it, then put the next half of the grinds in. Um, now in this though, the, the, one of the tricks is you have to tamp light. So I usually use a scale when I tamp and uh, gently push on there and to, so I can measure the, the, the pressure. So I only go to like four, three to 400 grams. I know it's not a lot, it freaks people out, you can obviously play around with this this variable. You know, I, I think that's really the key is you want to play around with this, some of these variables and see what works best for you. Um, so tamp and the, the bottom layer should be tamped harder than the top layer. Okay. Um, and that that has proved to give better um, better shots. And that's something that that you anybody any um, anybody can do at home. Any barista could do right now. You don't need any special equipment to do that. It's just a, a, a will to to uh, to experiment. Yeah, that doesn't sound so difficult, right? You just grind. If you don't have a sifter, you can just grind different sizes and then uh, tamp it and together and try. So, what is the characteristic of this special method? 
if it compared with a regular shot? For staccato? Um, so uh, there a couple of things are going on. One is that because you put the fines on the bottom, they they end up sealing up the puck. So I have some videos on Instagram and uh, uh, YouTube where you can see the bottom of the shot and it the water comes out very fast and then stops and then starts flowing again. Um, so uh, this this gives you know its own way of pre-infusion uh, that's a little bit different than, than normal. So you, and and uh, it typically suggests a longer pre-infusion. Um, but what's part of what's going on is on the bottom layer because they're really fine, they're releasing less gas, which uh, the, because most of their gas was released during grinds, during grinding, uh, that the, the gas doesn't get in the way of extraction. Um, so at the bottom layer, you have a more even extraction, and same with the other two layers. It's more even across the layer because all the particle sizes are the same. Um, and then. The other component that's helping is that water is going to extract from the fines a lot fa at a faster rate than coarser grinds. So by the time you get through like your, if you do like 22 grams in, if you get like 22, by the time you get to 22 grams out, you've extracted most of the bottom layer. Um, and You've also allowed the top layer to have more contact time with the water, which means that the the top layer will will have extracted higher than than usual. And so, when you normally have the grounds in the in the basket mixed around, the the fines at the top are going to be over extracted. The fines at the bottom are going to be under extracted. Um, while with this method, you're you're separating that out. Um, so it's the, the main the main complication though is doing the sifting, uh, and and right now we have this gap in technology where a, a piece of technology that like an automated sifter could change the game and make this more available to people because it's it's um, it's a it's a game of patience to to sift. So usually it takes me about five minutes to sift, but if if you're new. And you don't know if this is going to work or not. You might get frustrated, and 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 you might not see where the benefit is. Um, so I think that's that's why there's there's has been a hesitancy for people to try it or or you know play around experiment with it. Yeah, it sounds easy, but just like you said, if you do it at home, probably you have to spend more time shifting coffee and then try them out. Uh, in terms of flavor, how about the shot? How is it different from regular shots? So you're extracting in a faster, you're extracting the same amount in a shorter amount of liquid. So usually what you would extract for a two to one, you can extract closer to a one to one. So usually one to one, one, one point two to one or something like that. And that, uh, that means that the, the flavor is much more intense. It's easier to, to, even add a little bit of water if you want to tease out some of the flavors. And if you want to do a fairer comparison to a longer extraction, you should probably do that. But uh, to me, it's been just a very intense flavor, like a, a, like a very big mouthfeel and um, like a, a, a sweetness that I hadn't experienced with regular shots. That's very interesting.
so tell, tell us about when we can uh, have this book. So uh, I, I put May on there and, and I'm, I'm, I have a, a first draft done. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm working with a, an editor and a, a graphic designer. Um, I think the main challenge is getting into that, the, the printing queue and then uh, dealing with shipping. So as, as everyone's experienced, we have this, uh, this shipping problem in the world. Um, so the, there's some, that, that's the biggest unknown right now. Um, but aside from that, the, the book is, as I have a, a first draft, and this is, this is I'm, I'm in, in the mode of editing graphics and, and um, having an ed- editor make sure it has a, a good, it's a good read. Because so, that's, that's what I wanted, want to do. I want to get this to be a really great experience because a lot of this information is already on my blog. Uh, you, 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 know, you can go read it now, but it's also not in, in an organized way. So similar to, to Espresso, I'm, I'm taking a lot of information and I'm extracting the best of it to put into this book. Um, do you have a plan to publish a digital version? So like yeah, you mentioned, internet shipping could be a problem. Yes. So there's, there's already an add-on for the digital ver- version, uh, but I, I plan to uh, have a new option unlock if, if we hit 20000 Um which right now we're at eighty three hundred dollars, so we're 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 doing pretty well, um, and uh, halfway there. Yes, so uh, so quite a few people have expressed interest in in, in the digital. I just want to make sure that uh, you know I, I don't want to uh, charge extra for the you know the digital that you typically see. You know, usually digital copies are are on the cheaper end. Great, thank you so much. Um, so where we can find your blog if people are interested in reading your article first? So um, there's there's a link in my Kickstarter. My Kickstarter has all like each. I have some examples of my writings, and each one of them has has a link to it. And then I believe in my uh, profile, it's also there. Um, so if you um, really if you if you search my name and espresso, you're you're, you're going to find it pretty quick. Um, I think that the trouble is that there's a lot to parse through. You know, there's I, I have like close to 200 articles on espresso. So, well, that's yeah. a lot. <laughs> it takes a while to read all of them. So the thing is better to get the book. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, definitely. All right. And uh, congratulations again to your big success. Um, Thank you very much. And thanks for your help. If you are an espresso lover, make sure you check this new book on Kickstarter. It's called Engineering Better Espresso, Data-Driven Coffee. Thanks for tuning in to this I'm Not a Barista episode. Subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram at I Am Not a Barista for more empowering vibes and true coffee stories that connect you with coffee lovers around the world. You're a part of our global community where we celebrate baristas and their craft in everything that we do.